into cybersecurity, there's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. Good after, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. That was Dr. Gerald Osher. I am Eric Taylor with Barricade Cyber Solutions, and I am welcoming you to episode 353 of the Simply Cyber Daily Threat Briefing. Uh, where this is a show where we are going to break down today's top cybersecurity news so that way you could be able to be more involved, have further understanding, and be able to go out there and crush it today. So welcome to everything. Just a quick programming note. I do know that everybody was kind of a little bit concerned because we are supposed to start these episodes at 8, 8 a.m. Eastern time because of a little puppy dog issue that I had going on. We were not able to do that. I had to take our, our little pup to the vet to have some eye surgery done today. So we had to push things back today to 10 o'clock. So if you are here, thanks so much for putting up with uh, the delayness of the podcast today. I truly, truly appreciate it. And I will do the best that I can to make up for that delay today. Hope everybody is doing well. Before we get kicking off with the the top cyber threats we do want to say thanks to the stream sponsors we will start off with panopsi you know they we've talked about them many times i don't know how much more really to <clears throat> express to me sorry about that been running around and of course you know get a little nasally when dealing with the outside a little bit but you know panopsi really is that quantified risk assessment that your organization needs to be able to see what threats are there and be able to quantify that to the CISO. Um, you know, I, I keep saying all the time, uh, these C-suites will not put together a approval until they know, you know, what is the financial impact to our organization if we don't do this, right? Everything, you know, for the C-suite is dollars and cents. So definitely, you know, talk to Panopsi, talk to the, them see how they can be able to help streamline that communication so that way you're able to get the goals of security inside of your organization achieved i also want to say thanks to the one of the other stream sponsor xm cyber and xm cyber organizations are overwhelmed with thousands of exposures across the cloud and on-premise environments on a monthly basis you know we see it all the time with exchange you know earlier this week we've seen stuff with gcp we've seen stuff with azure these things are never going to go away and i will talk about this a little bit more in the show notes to or in some of the stuff that's going to be uh discussed in some of the articles today but these things are always evolving and reducing your cyber risk is an utmost important task we all know that right that's why we're here Discover the most critical threats and practical tips on how to overcome the remediation fatigue with the new approach to efficiently reduce 
the risk with XM Cyber's 2023 State of the Exposure Management Report. Check out the report in the link in the description below. That way you can see, you know, what they are saying and make it see if it makes sense. You know, that's why, you know, let's just be honest. We're all here. You know, businesses are sponsoring because they want to get their brand message out. So if these are topics inside of your organization that are important and, you know, definitely consider them, you know, always do your due diligence, vet out all your vendors and see if these wonderful sponsors that have been around for a little while are a good fit for you and your organization. As always, I want to say hi to Team Live. I've been seeing it in there. Hope everybody is, again, doing well. Uh, Carrie, yes, hopefully the puppy will recover from surgery. Um, you know, it, it's it's a little bit interesting. So, But she's in really, really good hands. She's in one of the best veterinary clinics in the area for uh, optometry surgery. So I'm sure she's going to come out on the other side extremely well and you know, be running around and playing with our other puppy in no time and causing a ruckus. <laughs> um, if you are on Team Replay, thanks so much for tuning in and catching up on today's Cyber Threat Briefing. If you are a Team Hybrid, uh, aka you're you're speeding up, you're doing two X to catch up, or if you are originally on audio and you're now watching the video of this ugly bug, that's it. Being so honored to be a guest host. Welcome everybody and. If you are, as always, like me, you are, you know, passive observer. You're listening to us in the background while you're crunching around, you know, doing your malware analytics. You're doing your reverse engineering lookout. You're doing all these things, and you're just listening to my ugly, ugly voice. Um, then we can, uh, um, you know, I say hello. You know, we nobody ever bites. It's a very inclusive group even though i don't like a lot of the politically correct terms but this really is a an organization or a group of people that will really really um um that would be inclusive sorry we're getting getting texts over here we got contractors over doing some stuff on the outside of the house so very very busy at the homestead today um so without further delay or ado we will kick off today's audio version or kick can you guys tell I'm a little flustered today it's it's been a morning I really do like it you know before we get into it just a few seconds of jaw jacking I really do prefer the eight o'clock if we could do it even earlier just because I am an early riser I'm not really a morning person but you know getting in the routine and doing everything first thing in the morning uh, especially the 8 a.m. before the chaos of the day, um, you know, it's it's definitely a little easier to you know have these discussions and without all the other distractions, right? Um, I do see a question in there: Does the SE sh shop ship to the UK? Mune, I don't know the answer to your question. Um, I would imagine that the shop would do in a extended um or modify the shipping rates or whatever um to for your order so i mean just definitely check it out um dr gerald osier stated that his civil duties should be over tomorrow and will be back hopefully on friday so the the week-long painful process of dealing with me is going to soon be over but thank you so much everybody for 
um, you know, tolerating me and giving me the words of encouragement on LinkedIn. I do definitely appreciate it. I am seeing word in the chat that it seems uh, like my audio. Please smack yes. Say yes if you hear me. Say please say yes before we get started. Uh, hire one that he can hear. Please say yes. Please say yes. Mods, if you're in, if you're around, please say yes in mod chat. Okay, we're we're starting to get, um, we're starting to get some yeses. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. With that, we are going to get started. Oh, you know what? I did see in there the Worldwide Wednesday. Oh, I am, I am much regrets, ladies and gentlemen. I am not equipped enough to do Worldwide Wednesday. I am so sorry. I did forget about that, that this thing was a, a Wednesday event. So we will unfortunately go, huh, yes, five by five, love it, Joey. Um, so we will unfortunately go outside of the normal realm of the uh, Worldwide Wednesday. So I do my humblest apologies. I am sorry about that. I am, I was, I forgot completely. It's all my fault. It really is. I totally forgot about it. And I am not prepared for that. Um, and it looks like maybe the mods are a little busy because I haven't seen any of them in the mod chat to, you know, help assist with the, you know, because I know everybody kind of quick fires all their countries off. So um, unfortunately, we'll we'll get it next week when the proper host is at the home and able to adequately provide that. But anyway, let's get on with it, shall we, ladies and gentlemen? From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. It's Wednesday, April 26th, 2023. U.S. Policing Use of AI for Civil Rights Violations On Tuesday, officials from several U.S. government agencies warned financial firms and others that use of artificial intelligence can heighten the risk of bias and civil rights violations, signaling they are policing marketplaces for such discrimination. For example, financial firms are legally required to explain adverse credit decisions. The agency said if companies don't understand the reasons for the decisions their AI is making, they can't legally use it. FTC Chair Lena Khan said, quote, claims of innovation must not cover for lawbreaking, end quote. All right. Uh, Haircut Fish, I did see your Discord message about an uh, impromptu article. I will bring that up in the mid-roll. Or we'll do that in the post jaw jacking. I did, I did see your message come up. Um, so this one is, look, everybody's got to understand there is certain levels of privacy that that is able to be expected, right? Um, especially here in the U.S., you don't want the government to increase uh, impose on your civil liberties. Got it. Um, and yes, people, I do have the super spicy dolphin sound if I need it. Um, but it's been a long standing legal precedent. If you're out and about away from the confines of your home, your office, whatever, you know, a build a structure that you own, you don't have any real privacy rights except for your person, right? You know, and proper search and seizures, things of that nature. But 
you know, to commute, to travel, to walk, everything like that. You don't really have, you know, those inherent liberties, you know. So AI getting into we've seen stories about this in the past where AI is getting into cameras. There's even some AIs that are uh, AI software that's being developed or has been developed for school systems. You know, again, we're we're not going to get real political, but it is a technology thing. So bear with me a second. But there's the AI that's built into the cameras to help quickly determine does someone potentially have a gun on them inside the hall and you know access or interface with the access control system to do a lockdown. Again, only talk about technology, not political here. Um, so, I mean, when you're dealing with financial firms, you're dealing with, you know, going around into other people's buildings, you're going into your church, things of that nature, you know, there's all this stuff is just available to you. Right. So, you know, you've got to, you got to do your own due diligence, you know, when you're interfacing with whatever, right. Um, you know, there's been. Oh, forgive me. I don't remember. There's like a G. I think it's called geofencing when it comes to cell towers where police can even go to your cell carrier here in the States. I don't know about other countries, but they can say, hey, you know, on Main Street of said town, there was a crime at 515 p.m. or 515 a.m. Not many people are supposed to be around on Main Street. Excuse me. Um our main street on this side of main street at 515 we need to get some information about anybody's cell phone or tablet or whatever device may have been checking in with your towers during this time so that way we can do some further investigations um i know it's not a full you know i do know some cell phone carriers will um you know just car blanche just hand everything over oh here's the subscriber name the account number the address blah 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 and some of them are real more finicky on what information Be like okay we've seen you know 13 potential subscribers but they stayed a lot longer type the you know six of those 13 stayed they were there like two hours before so you could you know we're not going to give you that information you know that whole scenario right so you, know, you just got to do your due diligence when uh, expectation of privacy, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, and AI is, you know, good or bad, it's going to be here to stay. It just depends, you know, on the user, you know, and get ready, you know, drop, start dropping Elon Musk, you know, e emotes in chat. You know, Elon Musk has said, and along with some other ones, that, you know, AI does need to slow down a little bit so we can get proper security measures, proper, I would say, auditing. Like, who, you know, you see chat GPT. I think I finally said it right for the first time in three months. <laughs> GPT. Um, you know, there's been reports past couple months where, you know, Amazon has told their developers, stop putting your code in there. Right. Um, so who's really doing the auditing? It, does anybody who potentially has an API key to chat GPT have unfeathered access to anything that's being queried. You know, these are the kind of controls that I'm, I personally am really concerned about. It's like, okay, I'm walking around, I'm walking my puppies around the neighborhood, but who has access to that data 
that I'm walking around. You know, you have helium miners uh, for cryptocurrency, you know, so that way your IoT devices can get um, internet when you're traveling around, you know, some of your smart bicyclist machines and stuff. I mean, I even have a helium miner here. You know, I, mean, I literally get 13 cents a day. So it's not like, you know, I'm raking in the bucks on that by any means, but it's just something to mess with, right? So you, you've got, again, I'm going to beat a dead horse here. Um, know your level of uh, privacy and just do your due diligence, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't feel comfortable with the security or with potential security issues at a said establishment or said location, just don't go in there, right? So. Bill proposes new security testing centers for critical government tech. On Tuesday, U.S. lawmakers introduced the Critical Technology Security Centers Act of 2023. The legislation emerged from the work of the Cyberspace Solarium Commission and would spur the Department of Homeland Security to create two offices dedicated to evaluating the testing and security of critical technology used by the federal government. The centers would focus on securing information and communications technology, as well as programmable data logic controllers, or PLCs, and supervisory control and data acquisition servers, SCADA, both of which have become frequent targets of nation-state threat actors. Most current test capabilities are distributed across independent, commercial, and government organizations. Hooray, the government says they're going to do something and probably not do it. What's new here? You know, I've said it before that this show is definitely not going to get political. But I've said it many times that it doesn't matter. This isn't an anti-Biden, anti-Trump, anti-Obama. It's just the history of the federal government enacting laws to do things. And just to find out a year later, nothing's been done. Nothing's been properly intermitted, uh, uh, implemented, right? I mean... I really want to feel warm and fuzzy about this, but I can't. I'm too much of a tinfoil hat type of dude lately to do this. Uh, you know, they can't properly implement CMMC. They can't properly implement the MFA and all the stuff that Biden's energy uh, did executive orders on almost two years, a little over two years ago, you know, I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. We deal with what we do. We deal with the FBI and starting to deal land, uh, deal with uh, Homeland security when dealing with threat actors to help potentially take down uh, threat actors infrastructure because the FBI is more of a collections arm and Homeland Security, you know, like I say, Hey, Homeland, you know, we just had, you know, XYZ ransomware group that has an active server, um, that's distributing a payload or that threat actors can download to distribute their payloads. We can send that message off to Homeland and it's crazy how fast that will respond. I just, so I do feel a little more comfortable that Homeland is doing it, especially with my experience with them. But I don't know. I don't know. Time will tell. Hopefully Homeland Security will prove me wrong. And I was like, eh, I was worried about nothing. They got this. 
but I just, I just don't, I can't feel warm and fuzzy. I really can't. Microsoft Edge is leaking user browsing data to Bing. No. Last week, Reddit users first spotted the privacy issues with Microsoft Edge, noticing that the latest version of the browser sends a request to bingapis.com with the full URL of nearly every page a user visits. The behavior appears to be tied to the release of Edge's content creator feature designed to allow users to follow their favorite creators on YouTube and across the web. Users who disable this feature can avoid their URLs from being sent to Bing. Microsoft said it's currently investigating the reports. Mm, what the? There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, fo- We've seen this time and time again where the browser is leaking. I mean, Chrome does this to a, a fair amount to Google, right? I mean, there's, there's these tracking cookies. There's, you know... Um, you know, Decrash, there's a question, those who listen in on podcast only, Decrash, who uses Edge? A lot of people. Um, a lot of our organizations use it. Um, but unless it's a, if it's a Microsoft tenancy, most of those will use Edge. If it's a micro or if it's a Google workshop, most of those, uh, organizations tend to, uh, flock to Google Chrome by nature. But, you know, it's you know why would they not try to keep that data internal so that way they can build their marketing aspect right i mean google is going to be selling adwords i don't know i think bing has their own advertising platform i'm i'm just not in the know enough on the marketing side of things you know we we hire people to do that but um I don't know if that's really what they're getting ready to do or whatever, but the fact that, you know, they're sending the full URL of every page you navigate to. So I'm assuming if they're seeing, if the report submitted to Microsoft is seeing the full URL, I'm assuming this is not hashed or any other security. It's just pure plain text it would be an assumption of mine, you know, right or wrong, but you know, this is why a lot of people use in private browsers and things of that nature. You know, again, this goes back to the AI story, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not comfortable with where you're going, the business that you're establishing or the business you're doing business or the companies you're doing business with or technology you're using, you know, it's crazy. Stop using your animal name for all your passwords, grandma, and use Brave. Edward Moore, I've got some jaded feelings about brave but we'll talk about that maybe some other time uh, i was really excited for the brave browser but it's kind of let me down a lot lately OpenAI offers new privacy options for chat gpt open ai appears to be trying to make people feel more comfortable using their chat bot and deciding how their data is being used the startup said Tuesday that ChatGPT users can now turn off the chat histories by clicking the toggle switch in their account settings. When people do this, their conversations will no longer be saved to ChatGPT's history sidebar, and OpenAI won't use the data to train their models. The company clarified that ChatGPT will store data, including conversations where users have turned off the chat history, for 30 days before deleting it in order to spot abusive behavior. Okay, okay. I can, 
I can get behind that a little bit, right? I mean, being able to, you know, keep your queries inside of OpenEyes Chat GPT is good, right? They're they're implementing security protocols to help do that. Granted, do they need to keep it for 30 days? I'd imagine not. I mean, they are, you know, a AI company. Do they re does it really take them that long to parse that information? You know, I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, legally they have to for e-discovery or something of that nature, possibly. But um, if you're using chat GD, uh, GPT through OpenAI, maybe you start feeling a little bit more comfortable using them. They're, you know, putting more and more security and obfuscation inside of their um into their platform, you know, and there's are there are other ones. I think I just seen it in here. Yeah, so Bard, which was called created by the Alphabet, aka Google. You know, there's several different AI um, chatbots that are out there right now. So, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, I think it is time. Yep, it is time for the mid roll. And now a word from our sponsor, Tynes. To proactively protect against threats, you need a culture of cybersecurity and solutions that facilitate this. With Tyne's no-code automation platform, you can remediate threats faster, improve automation, control access to your data, and create a culture of cybersecurity. Tynes allows users to leverage real-time information across any stage of an automated workflow. Visit Tynes.com, that's T-I-N-E-S.com, to learn more. Ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you so much for the show sponsors. Yeah, I don't talk about us that whole much because we are, you know, being kind enough to be a guest host of Barricade Cyber. My name is Eric. Definitely thanks to Panopsi, XM Cyber, bringing, helping to bring you uh, the Simply Cyber podcast every day. We will like to talk about the um, the LinkedIn Simply Cyber Community Challenge. And bear with me, like I said earlier, we are – we. I was running a little late and I definitely I feel that it's very important to bring up the per, uh, the last person who had the challenge and just put that link into the chat. So I'm going to log into my LinkedIn real quick, go to the post filter, sort by the latest just to make sure I am being on the up and up here. And yesterday was Francis Okizi. I'm probably butchering that name like normal. Um, let's bring this up. Yep, perfect, perfect. I will bring this. So this is Francis Francis Okizi. And this is the post into the chat. If you haven't checked out her story yet, I have not just because of everything. I've been trying to keep up with it the past couple of days, uh, especially since we're co-hosting and everything. Um, you know, even the illustrious Dr. Gerald Osher is, you know, weighing in. Oh, shout out to me. Uh, thank you so much, Jonathan. But yeah, check, check her out. Read her story. Francis, if you are in the chat, please say hello if you have not already. And please tag the next person for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. This is a group of um, 
people who are telling their story so that way you can build your network. Like I said earlier this uh, yesterday or the day before, you know, one person posted out there and they are getting ready to potentially speak at B-Sides Tampa. So it's it's really cool to be able to grow it. I definitely see a lot more engagement today. So thank you to everybody who has engaged. Definitely got 47. I'm not sure if that's just because of Francis's network or if y'all did what I asked and actually engaged with these folks. So again, in the chat, I will put the hashtag in case you didn't know it. Simply Cyber Community Challenge is Miss Francis Okizi. Okizi. Sorry, again, if I'm butchering your name, is this individual in chat? Let me know. Let me know. Has Lisa Fox gone? I don't know what you're. Oh, that fra Oh, there you are. Okay, very nice. All right, so we will follow up in the mid uh, at the end of the show. Francis, please let me know if someone has accepted your um, your request to take on the Simply Cyber Challenge, and then we can move forward with that. Again, please reach out. Please read her story. Learn more about her. Learn about the other ones. You know, simply putting that that text, that uh, hashtag, doing, um, clicking on, um, clicking on the um, the post, and then doing the filter for the latest. You can start going chronological chronologically backwards and finding all the other people. Find more and more people that have your same mindset and in the same space, and you know, be able to. You know, grow your network and your friends, right? I mean, I know we all may be a little bit passive observer, but let's let's make a friend. Let's make a friend. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's carry on. New bug can lead to massive DDoS amplification attacks. Researchers at BitSight and CureSec have uncovered a new reflective denial of service amplification vulnerability in the Service Location Protocol, or SLP, that allows threat actors to launch denial of service attacks with 2200 times amplification. Service Location Protocol was created back in 1997 for use in local area networks to enable device availability communication over port 427. SLP was never designed to be exposed to the public internet, but researchers say that over 2,000 organizations worldwide are exposing roughly 54,000 vulnerable SLP instances. Vulnerable instances include VMware ESXi hypervisors, Kanaka Minolta printers, IBM integrated management modules, and Planex routers. Yay! So if you wanted to know what the most critical thing is you need to start addressing today, Congratulations, you just figured it out. Now, this is pretty bad. I mean, yeah, this is bad. So hopefully you have inside of your organization some sort of threat modeling, some sort of, um, is there an act? I'm overlooked it because I was looking at the, um, the YouTube chat. It looks like some people are stepping up to the plate to potentially step in. So hopefully that does get worked out. Um, I don't know if there's an, if they're mentioned a active patch. So there's definitely something that I personally am going to be going through. I definitely know that we have, you know, a ton of this stuff um, of the products that was mentioned earlier, you know, and be mindful that threat actors are used in DDoS post, um, 
post data exfiltration, post ransomware, post whatever. Um, so this one is going to highly be adopted by threat actors if there is a POC available. Um, the, but from the sounds of it, it doesn't look like there is going to be very hard to mimic this situation. So, you know, because it is a pretty critical thing, I will post this in the chat. If you are in the YouTube, sorry for LinkedIn and the other streaming platforms that's on there, but this is definitely a, a big bug to work on today to keep top of mind, right? So track that CVE, see if, um, again, like after this show, I'm going to see if there is a, a fix being pushed out by VMware, um, you know, IBM, PlanX. We don't have any PlanX routers out there. So anyway, we'll be looking for that CVE across our entire landscape because I imagine that these are just a couple of vendors that are being named. Um, yeah, because vulnerable include these. So there's that. It, it's not. Here's one thing to take away. It's not just these um, these folks. It's not just these software vendors. It's just to include some of them. So. Google adds new risk assessment tool for Chrome extensions. Google has released a new tool for Google Workspace admins and security teams to easily assess the risk different Chrome extensions may present to their users. The feature called spin.ai app risk assessment allows admins to view extension usage details, configure extension related policies, create extension approval workflows, and provides a risk score for each extension. Admins can find the new feature in the Chrome browser cloud management console. Ladies and gentlemen, this is actually pretty cool. I did see the headline. I didn't get the chance to dig into it, but this is actually pretty cool. You know, anytime, if you're in InfoSec, you're in, I mean, hell, if you're just in, you're, if you're a sysadmin for your organization, Chrome extension, any, any browser extension has always been a massive pain in the butt to actually manage because a lot of times these things will install as the user you don't really need uac user access control rights to install these browser extensions um so you know tip of the hat to google for pushing this out how effective it is we'll have to see right well um we're going to do our due diligence but definitely got my interest to see if this is a good way to help you know stop the goofy freaking end users from you know installing random extensions um yeah i don't really trust them by any means i do know that they serve their purpose and things of that nature um but it'll be one it'd be good to see and this if you're going to go down this thing this will be something for you to do your homework on you know will it do an audit of already existing extensions that are already installed where you can be able to proactively say no uh, that, that that extension really is bad let's get that removed and it will remove it for you um that would be something good to see so and it does look like oh wow let me blow this up a little bit if it's going to let me it looks like that image is just here open image in a new tab there we go that way i can actually blow up this image so According to this, we actually have tabs here for uh, BOR, a business operation risk, security risk, compliancy risk, 
So you can be able to see from a 30,000 foot view what kind of impact Google says this extension actually has. So that's that's actually pretty cool. I'm definitely tip of the hat to Google for putting this out. Uh, at least it's an effort. We'll have to all do our due diligence to see if this is actually you know worth a darn. But well, it's cool. Definitely something I'm you're going to be checking out further today. VMware fixes zero-day exploits used at Pwn to Own. On Tuesday, VMware released security updates to address two critical zero-day vulnerabilities that could be used to exploit the company's workstation and Fusion software hypervisors. The first vulnerability is a stack-based buffer overflow bug in Bluetooth device sharing functionality, and the second allows information disclosure while sharing host Bluetooth devices with the VM. An exploit chain exploiting the flaws was demoed by Star Labs researchers on day two of the Pwn to Own Vancouver 2023 hacking contest last month. Vendors have 90 days to patch zero-day bugs disclosed during Pwn to Own before the technical details are released. Oh, get your dolphin memes. Um, so we deal with a, a lot of a lot of VMs. You know, I don't want to obsec our organization, right? But we deal with a lot of different hypervisors. And I am just sitting here thinking, in what use case on God's green earth does a VM need access to Bluetooth on the host provider? I don't know. Maybe I, I'm going to assume assumptions be the mother of all F-ups that these are, you know, Workstation Pro uh, VMware or something. Because I just can't imagine in a server production environment where you're going to have, you're going to share Bluetooth with the VMs. And I see uh, by haircut fish, those who are in audio, you know, Bluetooth keyboards. No, I mean, most of the time you're not even interacting with the VM through the host keyboard, right? Um, most of the time you're, RDP and uh, ransomware deployment protocol, or um, you know, you're using your remote tool of choice, so TeamViewer, Splashtop, uh, Screen Connect, whatever it is, to have actually access that VM. Unless you're in Microsoft VMware or Microsoft's Hyper-V, sorry, um, where you can actually do that. But I've never seen that, and even like the Bluetooth. Uh, remote keyboards, you know, they have their own dongle and that dong it, it mimics the keyboard and mouse. So to actually tie the Bluetooth adapter on the host machine to the VM for use, I don't understand it. I don't. I know a lot of applications that will use Bluetooth, a lot of automotive and a lot of SCANA, uh, SCADA, you know, use a lot of Bluetooth, but to have it inside of a VM tied to the hardware Bluetooth, I don't get it. Is it a problem? Yeah. But 
I don't know how widespread this is, right? You know, so um, Gabriel Sylvia says RMM access usually yes. A lot of uh, MSPs will use their RMM tool to access that VM through their preferred um, VNC of choice. I'm just kidding. There are some RMM tools that use VNC. It drives me nuts. Um, so yeah, I mean. Regardless, you know, definitely patch just so you don't have Carl inside your organization. Be like, hey, look what I can do with this Bluetooth. Um, so, you, you know, mitigate Carl's. Um, the only other thing that I would offer a suggestion on is, well, I don't get me wrong. I love seeing Pwn to Own. I freaking love it. You know, it's definitely watching these, um, watching them young whippersnappers, you know, being all boomer like. Um, you know, just exploit the trash out of stuff is just crazy. But the thing that you got to understand with Pwn to Own, uh, there a a vulnerability will be found months before it's actually disclosed on Pwn to Own. It is a competition. It's a live competition. So you you know you have you say okay, hey, me and my team of degenerates, we're going to hack. Uh, I don't know. We'll hack this iPhone, right? Um, and we have an exploit for iPhone. Then you got to go up on stage and present an actual live demonstration of how you've hacked it, right? Um, so the fact that zero days are essentially sitting non-publicly disclosed format and accessible because – you know, I've always been a, uh, a mantra of man can make it, man can break it, right? So if the whoever posted the zero day, I'm sure there was other users that potentially you know, found and stumbled across the zero day as well, right? So was this potential exploit? Again, well, it's Bluetooth, but you know, was said potential in, uh, exploit available to other people before the zero day was disclosed at Pwn to Own. But yeah, I, I know I get the the point. It's for money and it's cool to watch and things of that nature. But from a security standpoint, it makes me cringe a little bit. So I'm really torn on Pwn to Own. But anyway, enough of y'all jacking. Google finds flaws in Intel TDX after nine month audit. After analyzing 81 potential attack vectors as part of a nine-month audit, Google has identified 10 vulnerabilities in Intel's Trust Domain Extensions, or TDX. TDX provides confidential computing in a hardware-isolated environment. Google engineers say they inspected TDX firmware for issues such as arbitrary code execution, error handling and state management, and denial of service. Intel has reportedly fixed all of the issues identified by Google. The audit also enabled Google to get a deeper technical understanding of TDX and helped Intel improve its technical documentation. Google also said it's supporting Intel and making TDX firmware source code base publicly accessible and verifiably buildable. Uh, good. You know, Google is doing more and more stuff. One thing I want everybody to really note here, um, that it confirmed 10 vulnerabilities after a nine-month audit process, nine months, nine months, things, 
even a organization like Google that has the information knowledge that they already have, plus due to their recent acquisition of Mandiant, right? It still took them nine months to audit 81 potential attack vectors, right? Implementation of security can be, and oftentimes are, a daunting task, right? So being able to, you know, just because you say, hey, here's a vulnerability, you've got, you, there's a whole process, right? So I'm as much as I'm sure many people like me are, you know, you're wanting that instant gratification, but it's just not feasible. I mean, this is just another case to show of that. With that, that is the top cybersecurity news by CISO series. Like as promised, I did see something cut from Haircut Fish. Trying to see. Here's a story someone just shared if you want to talk about it. Uh, let me take this and bring it over. Uh, security scorecard launches first and only security rating platform with OpenAI's GPT for search system providing customers with faster security insights. Haircut Fish is trying to trigger me. Um, the, uh, the global security rating response resilient today announced at RSA the launch of the first and only security platform or ratings platform to integrate with OpenAI's GPT-4 system. With this natural language process capability, researchers can leave the solution was developed by Scancard X. This is critical. This is interesting. This is interesting. Customers can now ask open-ended questions about their business ecosystem, such as Find my 10 lowest rated vendors. Show me which of my critical vendors were breached in the last year that will yield results. Oh my F. Sorry, I need to hit that a couple of times because you're allowing them, you're allowing your organization to OPSEC yourself into OpenAI's Jet chat gpt you can oh my gosh you know oh, one thing i know we have a very hybrid workforce right now right but if you are on vpn or whatever a lot the, one thing you may not know is through cookies and everything else your public ip address is tied to your business if you have a business account and you have static IP addresses, something like that. Um, let me find the employee I can kick. <laughs> um, so, like, if you visit Barricade Cyber, you visit, you know, Mandiant.com, Google, whatever. A lot of times, those IP addresses are tied to your business, so it's quickly identifiable. So you go on to this site, and you're like, hey. Of my vendors of A, B, C, D, E, F, which one had, you know, so they're able to metadata all that crap together 
and be like, oh, you know, I have an API. And like I discussed earlier, I really do question that if the API has the ability to search across all queries, even though you do have privacy supposedly being introduced in OpenAI's chat GPT, this really does remit you know, open up a Pandora's box, right? Um, I still don't know. It is because of my own negligence of that understanding to be completely transparent. You know, I don't have an open AI's chat uh, GPT API key. Maybe I should so that way I can see myself and do my own testing. Um, but I don't, I just don't know. So, and most of the time, we all know how end users and Carl's are, where they're not going to say, keep this query private and potentially deletable in 30 days, right? So, you know, I could just see the train wreck of information, you know? And, oh, speaking of train wrecks, it, well, let me first say, if you're just here for the news, before I start jawjacking and go completely dolphin train wreck, thank you so much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. We are going to talk one moment about Facebook per, uh, and what I currently feel about this situation um, around their lawsuit that's currently being um, paid out. But um, thanks so much for joining for the news, and we are going to go on and talk about for one moment again big asterisks all over this freaking thing do your own diligence right don't just trust me do your own homework but you know, everybody's seen the news about facebook right where they had um cybersecurity or whatever the freaking company was that had their improperly handled facebook data and sold it off or whatever um and you can now that company is or facebook and now has to pay out one point or 173 billion dollars or whatever it is um to get your share and if you've ever been part of any of these class action lawsuits and you submit your information you're going to get five ten fifteen bucks two dollars whatever in the f it's going to be um but here's the thing the site and sorry, because this is an impromptu. I, I don't have it up. But the site that wants you to submit your information wants all of your information. So you're going to take Facebook, who inappropriately used your data, now has to pay $173 billion, million whatever it is. Um, and you got to go through this system where you're putting in your full name, your full address, which you typically don't do on Facebook anyway, um, uh, link it to your Facebook account. Say, hey, here was my Facebook. So now you're disclosing more of your information. Um, oh, here's my payment information. So that way you can pay me my money that for this. And if you look at the fine print, ladies and gentlemen, it will t say that this company can use it for marketing or analytics or in any fashion that they want to and while when i did my research on the company again sorry this is a little bit impromptu but the company is hosted on aws so while i do trust a lot of aws infrastructure but i do wonder you know is this data actually being encrypted are people going to potentially file 
for their couple bucks or anything like that. Um, giving all this information to this third party organization that's supposedly under attorney client privilege as part of the um, the settlement claim. And we're going to find in a year or two years that that data is being leaked. So when you think about this and you take a look at, you know, if I came up to you and said, hey, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so, if I gave you 10 bucks, would you give me your full name, your address, your social media accounts, your payment information so you know I could verify who you are? And I could just use it for whatever reason that I want to. Would you do that? Me personally, no. So think about that, ladies and gentlemen, when you're going ready to submit this information over to them. You know, is it really worth disclosing all this information about yourself? Finish those missing pieces together. Um, and I, I just don't think I'm personally not going to file for it. I just no. Um and I don't really use Facebook a whole lot more uh, anymore. Um, most of the time, it's just for you know my local community and things like that. Um, but I'm definitely a passive observer on Facebook, even when I log in. Um, most of the time, I'll find out who the, who the person is and walk down to their house and talk to them. Oh, yeah, I got the same gripe type thing. And you meet your neighbors. Um, but there was a question also about Brave. I had really good expectations for Brave. The moment that Brave allowed you to install a crypto miner in your browser, I'm done. I'm just done. So, you know, crypto mining has its place, but I don't think it belongs inside of a browser as part of an extension. Um, plus, I don't think on the flip side, that Brave should be going on the Tor network. Um, Brave has, uh, I can't remember if it's built in natively or if you add the Brave extension for Tor. Um, Tor is its own beast and animal all by itself. We don't need to empower end users the, with the ability to crypto mine or go on the Tor network. If you've ever been on the Tor network, aka the dark web, and you accidentally stumble across a site, I swear to you, there is stuff out there that you cannot unsee. The question, but you think crypto mining should be on your home network, Helium? Zach's not bored. Yeah. I am not your typical end user, right? And it's something that is on its own IoT network inside of my home so yes and it's something to mess with right um you know did i have you know um other miners yeah you know we were mining on ethereum for a while but again that i very much have my network segmented right so we have our own iot we have you know cameras are on its own vlan you know business my business printer, scanner, and computer, and all that is on its own VLAN. The family is on their own VLAN. Everything is segmented like it's supposed to be. So, um, and proper application with people who fully understand what it's about. You know, yeah, absolutely. But just your general, hey, what's this? And go click happy. 
you know anyway thanks so much again for joining we are at the top of the hour we have successfully completed yet another episode of um the podcast today again we will have one more day with me thursday i am really really worried about haircut fishes uh uh, meme of the day who knows what it's going to come up with um time will tell but uh look forward to dr gerald osier being back on friday and we will uh talk to you everybody at eight o'clock in the morning again thanks everybody take care see y'all tomorrow there once was a kid whose passwords laid across all sites. They were the same, a criminal, then found their fame by taking that data to go. Soon may a criminal come to steal your pictures and data and run. One day when the crime is done, they'll steal your account and go.